You're listening to Totten's Tom. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm Tanner Staggs. I'm here with my brother, Tyler Staggs. We're the host of the TTP. I want to let you know before we get into the show to make sure that you're with us on social media. The ones that we're most active on is Twitter, Titans underscore time. We're also on Facebook, Titans time and Instagram, Titans time podcast. Tyler, one last thing before we get started, let them know what they can do to support the podcast. Guys, obviously what you can do is whatever podcast platform you're listening on, go make sure you're subscribed. Leave us a five-star rating and leave us some comments and some questions for all the folks watching on YouTube, just scroll down a little bit. That little red subscribe button, make it gray. Turn on the post notifications so you never miss when we upload a video. Leave us a like on the video. Leave us some comments. We love seeing everyone's thoughts, their opinions on things, and, of course, sharing the video. Um, I wanted to start this show out just by saying that you have officially completed your creepy army of bobbleheads <laughs> and um shout out yeah. Ru- shout out Russ Brewer who listens to the podcast on YouTube thank you again for the Kevin Byard bobblehead yeah and- thanks a lot Russ for finishing <laughs> out the masterpiece of weird creepy bobbleheads well, we got going I, on I thought on about the table here I thought about really messing with you when you got here today I was going to take and have all of them looking directly at your seat, <laughs> just staring at you. Throughout the whole but, podcast, yeah, every single one of them just, just looking at me. All of them looking at you <laughs> to see if you could keep your composure. I wouldn't even be able to make it through the... like. I, I'm already looking at Y-Check over the top of my computer screen. Right <laughs> that, that's why you were thrown off, and it took us like six tries to get the yeah, intro down yeah. to this. So let's get into the show. Um, there have been a couple of things this week that are pretty noteworthy to talk about. Um, number one, a video that you just showed me of Bud Dupree doing mm-hmm. some different kind of workout. Kind of like a, a little miniature, more dynamic type looking. Miniature squat box jump with weight. Yeah. I, I don't something, know what else to call something it. <laughs> so he's got two boxes. Uh, for anyone that hasn't seen the video, he's got two boxes out to the side and he's standing in the middle with a barbell on his shoulders and he's squatting and then doing a squat jump, essentially, and landing with his feet out wider on the boxes, which are more elevated. And then he will squat again, jump, and land right. in yeah, the and, center. And they're maybe... They're like, not tall. They're not maybe, tall Maybe like 12 inches, something um, like that. And so the significance of that, obviously, if you don't know what's been going on with Bud Dupree, is that he's had the ACL injury. And so pretty significant knee injury there yep. to be doing something like that not that far out from so right. obviously the, the the only thing that i'm like not 100 percent sold on with that deal is he's not going down far enough to actually stretch those tendons so are, are you sure he, he's not really like getting it okay so like he's probably working him a little bit but he's not really getting a full stretch on those tendons. yeah but on a repaired acl you have to be exactly don't get me wrong it's showing that he has made significant strides towards being healthy and is probably like 100 percent there if not like high 90 percent healthy but all i'm saying is really for that full stretch and in the tendons there the knee has really got to 
it's got to be bent. Uh, I don't know. The the knee's looking pretty good to me. Uh, no, no, no. But I I'm mean, not saying that the knee's not looking good. Don't don't t- take this as me like saying, well, oh, Bud, I'm, Bud I'm, Dupree is I'm he's taking it that way. Yeah, his knee's not good at all. But I'm just saying, it's not like he's going all like it's impressive for what <laughs> happened to him last season. But it's not like he's going all the way down with his with his foot still on the ground and like touching his knee to the to the floor or anything. He's not getting a full bend on that joint. I mean, neither one of us have had had an ACL injury, so and neither one of us are doctors or physical therapists, so how do we really know if it's working that tendon or not with how far he's going? I I, I mean, mean, you're solely just basing it off of the fact that he is not going down far enough for you and in your non-medical opinion it, saying it, that t- t- take a simple YouTube search on uh how Tyreek Hill uh, strengthens his ACLs and his tendons in his knees. Just after the show, after the show, do a simple <laughs> YouTube search on how Tyreek Hill uh and other athletes also do strengthen those tendons and things. Um so, anyways, I'd like to move on. And since you're coming at me, I want to actually come at you for a second. Um, because when we first started this last offseason, and it hasn't been as much here lately, but when we first started this last offseason, you, during the show, were always throwing out stats. And I would still say that you are a stat head in a way. And that you enjoy to look at stats and pull up the stats, compare stats between players, and use that as a gauge to look at effectiveness uh productivity all that type of stuff um and in a way gauge how well the player is helping out the team Your point. you agree yeah, right I, I agree so when i bring up the fact that it's significant that the tennessee titans don't know if they've hired anybody yet but the tennessee titans are looking for a data analyst that is literally going to take those numbers and look at them and tell the team what they say basically in a deeper meaning and how they can use those numbers to make better decisions. I don't see how you can brush that off as insignificant. I'm not really. The, the Titans have posted, a, a jo- <laughs> they have a job posting for a data analyst, which is they're like way behind on that type of stuff. And you can blame Mike Vrabel if you want to, whoever you want, but they're way behind the rest of the league when it comes to looking at the data and making decisions based on that and that's just one one place that they have lacked for seasons and i just think that it's great that they're not going to be as behind anymore as far as that goes okay so i see what you're doing here i come at you a little bit you didn't really have anything else to come at me with no 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 no. i I had this in my mind let me no no listen seriously i had this in my I had this in my mind to say that to you before we even started the show. Because before the show, we were talking about everything that we were going to cover on the show. And, and I will say. And I thought that this was something that we could probably go without mentioning because it's something that because we you seen, think Because no, you think it's insignificant. No, no, no. You know I'm a stats guy. But when it's something that come out like a week or two ago, we didn't cover it when it initially come out because we were talking and, about Julio Jones. Yeah, but now Julio Jones. But now look, Titans whoa, whoa, are hiring hey, a data whoa, analyst. Whoa, whoa. Like that's under the table. Julio look, Jones is on. It's on. He's on the ceiling. Yes, but look, the reason I was saying sweep it to the side right now is because 
we're trying to talk about current things going on, and now you're wanting to backtrack two weeks. You're asking, we're going back and forth on everything we can cover on the show. Oh, let's talk about this. This is current. This is current. This is current. All of a sudden, you just pull something out of your ass from two weeks ago. No, I've been uh, I've been talking about this for for weeks ever since it came out. That this, this is, is the, this, this is, is significant. the first this is the first time that I'm hearing you mention it on the show. That this is significant. The first time you have mentioned it on the show. So, anyways, I also would like to say <laughs> and put out there that, well, actually, for one, um, I I, I mean, I'm not a medical professional, and I really don't know even what that workout honestly is doing for him, Bud Dupree. Um, but I will say that, I mean, it's kind of common sense that he's not fully put, utilizing his ACL up there. Like, it's not being fully okay, stretched so now, out. Okay, so now we're backtracking so, again. No, I'm just saying. I did, I did want to put that out there. But by no means am I a medical professional. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> but that's just my opinion on it. I mean, And no. so there that is. Uh, but anyways, I think that the data analyst thing is extremely important. And I just think, I think that that type of work in the NFL is something that a lot of people overlook. Um, and then whenever there's a decision made on fourth down or a decision to make an onside kick decision on whether or not to kick a field goal, whatever it may be, um, who to play in a certain scenario, what play to go with on, you know, a third and short, people blame the head coach well a lot of times that decision comes from a data analyst not necessarily the head coach at all um and so these people are workers in the nfl that affect the gameplay in a way that a lot of people have no idea about especially right. just the casual fan so i think that's a huge thing that they're hiring somebody um specifically for that role and i think it's gonna put them offensively especially up there with a lot of other teams uh especially in the afc one team that i wanted to mention was the buffalo bills because they have been one of the best about it in the afc and that's why their offense last season other than the fact that they had stefan diggs was so efficient because they were making the right decisions more often than any other team yeah but i mean i'm pretty sure if you go back and look at the titans offense the past couple of seasons for the most part they've been very efficient, even without. Okay, but are we forgetting before Ryan Tannehill took over when he did that people were calling for Mike Vrabel's head for some of the terrible decisions that he was making? People call for Mike Vrabel's head after a loss. So, I mean. But that's what I'm saying. He was making those bad decisions so frequently at that point in time when Marcus Mariota was the quarterback, and I'm not saying there's any correlation there between him making those decisions. I don't know. But um, people were calling for his head. People did not like Mike Vrabel at all during that span of time. And there's still times where people question his decision-making, um, I think, recently. And it does seem like there was kind of a turn that was made whenever Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback, even though there's obviously no correlation there. But I think he's his decisions have been – so much better. And there might, there might actually be a correlation there because of the fact that if you believe in your quarterback more and you've been seeing what he's doing on the field, then you are a little bit more free and open with your decisions because you believe in what your quarterback can do. Yeah, and I mean, there is a correlation there because you can have a guy come in and just provide a team with a spark. And once you get that spark, the team takes off. And, right. you know, it's easy for 
when that guy comes in, at, say, quarterback change, he provides that spark, then maybe that quarterback brings something just a little bit different or he does something a little bit better than the previous guy did, and you're able to adjust your offense to that. Like you said, you get more confidence in him, and it just you're able to keep the ball rolling on that. Yeah, I agree with that. I, yeah. I do think having someone there that can dive deeper into the stats, into the percentages, everything, the more advanced stats, that is a benefit because then you have one person there who can break this down and really look at everything and come to you and tell you, hey, you know, this situation, we need to go for this. Or if they're maybe breaking down players, then maybe they can find something with that certain player that is overlooked and tell you yeah they may act, they can work out for this team this system or no it's not going to work right or even something like you know this is something that's kind of been flying under the radar something we haven't noticed but you know so and so Derrick Henry um on we don't know why but on this in this specific situation he's averaging this crazy amount of yards per carry don't know why but this is the plays that we've been running in that situation. For some reason, it's working. Right. So, anyways, that's just the main thing that that I think is so significant about it is there's in, – in most cases, I feel like there should be a team of maybe even two or three people. But now they have that person. I believe this is the first person that they've hired for a position like that. Taking steps in the right direction to right. see if it's going to – I mean, really, it can be a trial run. Just see if it's actually going to work out for them. And they may have had someone before that did some sort of position like that, but I'm almost positive that this is the first This, this is the first I've seen anything about it. So, anyways, um, let's move on to a piece of news that uh, you, the Jersey connoisseur that <laughs> in the room right now. Um, That's not saying much because you're not really a Jersey yeah, guy. I, so. I, it's just not, it's not much of a – I don't know. It's not much of a thing for me. I don't, and it's, you know what it mainly is? I don't like the way they feel. I I just don't. Have you actually wore some of, I have, yeah. Besides mine, that you maybe wore for videos or things like that, have you just wore one around? I haven't, but I'm just, I don't know, I'm not real, like I would rather just wear like a t-shirt or some kind of flannel or something like, I don't know. to, to each their own. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, exactly, for I, sure. I like the but, jerseys, and let's be honest, season ticket member now, eight or nine home games a year. Got to have a different jersey uh, for every game. There you game. go. You can different, have a different jersey. jersey. I am a fan of the Lawan jersey, though, I will but, say. <laughs> um, I don't. I think that's just because I'm partial towards Taylor Lawan, even more than Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill. He, I think he might be my favorite player on the team. Now you know he's probably not listening to our podcast, so you don't have to. I don't. I don't have you, to be kissing his ass yeah, any. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, anyways, the news. Um, I'll let you go ahead and, and take it. Today, the NFL approved alternate helmets for teams wearing throwback uniforms starting in the 2022 season. So, this means that we could see the Titans go back to the Oilers helmet. And uniforms that would be extremely badass, though I will say it. Regardless of whether, because you can buy throwback jerseys, fans are hoping, or a lot of Titan Titan fans are. I know there's still some out there that are like, "Hey, don't really like the Oiler uniforms, don't like the helmets, this and that." But there's also 
probably a greater majority that like the Oilers throwbacks and want to see it. They've been wanting to see Derrick Henry in them. Been wanting to see A.J. Brown in them. Obviously now Julio in them. Just all these people in these Oilers throwbacks. I think they would look badass. But there is that chance that the Titans throw it back to the old Titans uniforms with the white helmets, everything else. And I'm just going to say, the Stormtrooper look, I could, might like seeing that white helmet. Yeah. With the with the all whites, you know, just at least one time to see if it actually looks as good as I would hope. But And I will say, in most cases, I do not really care at all about what jerseys they're wearing whenever they're playing, as long as I'm not having to watch a shitty football game. Like, I don't <laughs> care, but... The exception for me, and like we said earlier, to each their own, um, because occasionally I will say when they're wearing the dark blue, dark blue, that is just like one of the most pleasing uniforms to look at when they're out there on the field. Like I like it. I like to look at their uniforms when they're wearing that. Um, but most of the time, I really don't care. But the exception to that is if they come out wearing the Oilers uniforms, because I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, we've. I'm sure you've seen all the edits that people have done with the Oilers uniforms on either A.J. Brown or Derrick Henry. And, man, it's just it's something about it that just looks so good. Yeah. And I'm I'm hoping to see that. And, you know, Derrick Henry a couple months ago, whenever they changed the rule to where skill players could wear, you know, single-digit numbers and everything, he's like, yeah, that's cool and all, but can we go back to the uh, – throwback helmets and uniforms and now they've come out with this and he's excited about it a lot of strides that the nfl has made uh this offseason as far as what players can wear what teams can do um as far as uniforms and different stuff like that on the field um so that's pretty cool uh if some people care about that some people don't um now i will have to say because you can't find any oilers jerseys right now with like Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, any of those, any of those guys. If they go back to those Oilers uniforms in 2022, may end up like <laughs> I like the jersey. May end up having to grab a couple of those just because. From seeing the edits, if they look anything like the edits, oh, it's gonna be badass. <laughs> All right, so um, another piece of news that I wanted to get to is a a certain wide receiver that has hinted at possibly coming to Tennessee. Um, and no, it is not Julio Jones because he's already <laughs> here. Um, it's Everyone is wanting to come to Tennessee now. Yeah, it's like it, a new th- – okay, so three years ago, could you have ever seen any free agent coming out and – any blockbuster free agent coming out and saying, I want to go play in Tennessee. I, I see yeah. what they're doing over there, and I want to be a part of that. Yeah, It's just – it's a nice feeling to have. Because we've seen over the years where these bigger name players are like, I want to go here and play. You know, I, this is one of the destinations that I'm looking at. I'd like to go here and play. And now we get this breath of fresh air where guys are like, hey, I like what they're doing down there in Tennessee. I want to be there. And then we start pulling in some more guys. And you hear other people, I want to be there. Yeah. So, it, so it's, it's I, a nice feeling. Honestly, it's a testament to the fact that the, that the organization is doing things now like hiring a data analyst more than anything. Or the fact <laughs> that they're just 
get that one, more that and more one, superstar. So here's here's you. That one went it was way over no, your head. I, I got it. Yeah. Um. So now the thing to mention is, do we think do we want Golden Tate? I'm so, gonna let you go first on this. <laughs> one. Do we want Golden Tate? Um. So let me start off by saying, and you can probably tell where I'm going with this by the time I'm done with this little spill, but let me start by saying that Golden Tate has had an exceptional career, okay? Um, Especially the stretch where he was playing for the Detroit Lions. I mean, he had the season where he had 1,300 yards. He had two more 1,000-yard seasons to add to that. Um, Several seasons of, you know, four, five, six touchdowns. Um, Even in 2019 with the New York Giants, uh, 676 yards and six touchdowns. That's like Corey Davis numbers, basically. I mean, roughly. Yeah, you average out Corey Davis's production. That's pretty. Uh, other than the touchdowns, that's roughly about where you're going to be. Um, last season, not as impressive. Only two touchdowns, about 400 yards. Um, with the the, the fact that the Titans just got Julio Jones, and you know you have AJ Brown. Uh, you have Josh Reynolds, and all of those guys can interchange. They can play the slot, uh, which would really be the fascination with having Golden Tate on the team is the fact that he could come in there and really be that guy in the slot. All these guys can interchange around, move around, really mess with the defense just by being in whatever spot they want to. Then you throw in Dre Fitzpatrick um, and any other guys that might emerge as Dre Fitzpatrick. Did I mess up the name? Des. Des Fitzpatrick. It's too close. <laughs> Who is Dre Fitzpatrick? Because I feel like that's also some player. I feel like he's a corner. Um, yeah, he is a corner. He is a corner. And I'm, I'm going to pull him up right now because there's there's a reason. <laughs> I said it. he's a cornerback. Uh, so, anyways, I'm, I messed up on the name there just because I was getting caught up in my thoughts. But uh, that that name's extremely close. You can't fault me for that. Like, Dre, <laughs> Des, like, that's right there. Anyways, Des Fitzpatrick. Um, plus we haven't seen a lot about him necessarily. So I don't know. He had a pretty good camp. I was focused on other things at that point. Like (laughs) Julio Jones was sincerely the only thing that I was like consuming. Got to pay attention to these other guys. I, at at that point in time, I did not care. I was literally (laughs) going to the like ninth page of Google with Julio Jones stuff. Like it was, it was nothing but Julio Jones. So anyways, um, with the fact that you have all of these guys um, and other wide receivers that could emerge, um, to me, it it doesn't make sense. So, coming into this, I thought we were going to disagree on this. I really did. Because I figured that you were going to be for bringing in Golden Tate. And I want to say this. For me, it is... Looking at both sides, it can be very situational because say one of our top three guys were to go down, then you look and you're like, man, really wish we would had another veteran receiver that we could plug in, be like our number three, and Golden Tate could do that. But also looking at it, our wide receiver room is looking really good. Like, I'm happy with it. Julio, A.J. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Des Fitzpatrick, even Cam Batson. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean... I like a lot of these guys that we have in our receiving room. And 
yes, I understand the importance of having these veteran players, but if you never give the rookies a chance to step up, and like if they it, have it's to, it's time for that plays, for Cameron Batson. Right, like if you never give them that chance to step up and prove themselves, how will you ever know if they can do it? Is exactly. the way that I look at it. Exactly. So while I wouldn't necessarily wouldn't really be against bringing in Golden Tate. You know, why I, I don't think we have to. And yeah. it would just be another cat pit to us this year. Well, because if you have a guy that does get banged up and needs to miss a game or two, okay, take the situation with Julio Jones. He is an older guy. There's 17 games this season. Um, he's had some wear and tear. Say he has to miss a stretch of two weeks. You know, he's tweaked something or he – He's just flat out tired. He's an old man. I mean, not an old man, but he's an wow. Old, he's an an older guy uh, as far as NFL wide receivers go. There's any I, chance of getting Julio on the show? Didn't necessarily mean to say old man, okay? But <laughs> um, I also don't. I don't regret my my word choices. Um, it sounds like you do. Anyways, you're, you're backpedaling um, a little bit. Say he just flat out gets tired, and he, you know, his muscles are fatigued. He just needs to take a game off, or even. If it's not a game or just two games, a quarter, just we'll say like this past year, AJ Brown, everything he was going through with his knees, you know, we would see usually his first catch of the game, he would come limping off to the sidelines, and you'd be like, oh no, something, you know, please don't let AJ be hurt. Couple plays, he'd hop back in, be good to go. Exactly, or it might be the next drive, but you need a guy who can. You need guys who can step up, whether it's just a couple plays or the rest of that drive, and go out there and make plays for you. And in that situation, we don't need somebody like Golden Tate. I think that Des Fitzpatrick or Cameron Batson, anybody else that is on the roster, can function just fine in that scenario. Maybe Mason Kinsey. Maybe Mason Kinsey. I'm a big fan of that as well. There's so many names there towards the bottom of the depth chart at wide receiver that are interesting to me. Um, I mean, I feel like we have a pretty deep wide receiver room. I mean, they may not be, they may not be household names. Yeah, but, ex- especially compared to this time last year, because this time last year I was jumping and screaming, Taylor Gabriel, <laughs> like get this guy now. Um, but I feel a lot better about it uh, this time around. So, not really that worried about it, and. I mean, I think that's that. You don't really need Golden Tate. Um, so that's my opinion on it. Again, I thought this was something that we were going to disagree on, but like most things, somehow we end up on the same page. Well, it's and it's nice to agree every now and then, is it not? Yeah. I mean, most of the time we do agree on things or have the same thought process. I, but I mean, I don't know. There's there's times where... Yeah. where I don't always agree with you, you know. Where I question why you want to be so stupid about certain uh, things, but <laughs> whatever. It's nice every now and then to yeah. I mean, be on the be on the same page again. It was a pleasant surprise to come in here when I think that we're going to disagree on because I would hate to have to convince you of why we don't need Golden Tate because we just don't. You've already proved that you would backpedal on things. That's not that's not true so. at all. That's not see. This is a situation where you just. <laughs> Honestly, just need to turn off your mic and let me finish up the show because oh, wow. it's, it's it's that time for you. Um, but <laughs> now it's time to talk about something that I, I didn't even necessarily know was like a take, honestly, until like 
maybe two, maybe a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. Um, but I think it's something that we bring up and talk about just because of the fact that you actually are almost on the other side of this take from me. Uh, and that is whether or not the Titans need to sign another backup quarterback. And I'll let you kind of spill whatever it is you want to say about this. I know where I stand on it. I kind of just am getting a feeling about where you're standing on it. So, no, I I don't know that you do. Because oh, well, all right, well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Because this is something that I haven't really thought about, and maybe we should have been thinking about it. Because you know, it's not guaranteed that you're ever going to have a player make it through the season. Things happen all the time. You look at what happened with our tackles last year going down, ended up getting the third string. Like you just you never know. So we have to really ask ourselves if Ryan Tannehill were to go down with an injury, do we trust Kaiser or Woodside to be able to lead this team? I'm gonna say that, you know, I haven't seen much on either of those guys but i did hear that you know kaiser was kaiser's showing out like, he, he's <clears throat> been showing out in camp and everything else so now i will I, say I, I would not be against giving him a try if we're looking at our backup quarterbacks i would prefer kaiser over woodside that, just just my opinion i will say you, have you forgotten punt formation <laughs> Logan Woodside to Nick Westbrook Akeen, or Kina, however you say his last name. First down conversion. The dude <laughs> is an ice cold killer. <laughs> that's all. I, th- that's really the only uh, argument that needs to be made for Logan Woodside. Uh, I, and I'm not. He's not even the guy that I think should be the second string quarterback. Uh, but that's all that you uh, need to I'm say not, for him. I'm not taking anything away from that. That was clutch. We, I mean, crucial point. But. I can also see where other people are coming from and wanting a backup quarterback that's maybe a little bit more established. You know, a guy that if you did have to turn the offense over to him, you can put all of your trust in him that he's still going to be able to run the offense and be efficient. I'm going to say the reason that I haven't necessarily thought about or talked about a backup quarterback is because me personally, now I do see the argument where you're saying, okay, let's look at what Deshaun Kaiser has done. He played one season um, with the Cleveland Browns where he started 15 games. He threw 22 interceptions. That's not something that we (laughs) want as the backup quarterback. I will also say um, he's had a lot of time since then, since 2017, to develop as a quarterback. Not a lot of playing time. Not a lot of playing time, but that's not necessarily <laughs> where the improvement always happens at. So I'm just saying, if he's showing out at camp, maybe that there's an opportunity there for him to be the backup quarterback. If not, you also have an option in Logan Woodside, who I think really is a decent backup. I mean... But just because, and I've been guilty of doing this as well, oh, well they've had a good camp, he had a good camp, Camp is one thing. In-game situation, completely different. We need to know that they can perform. I, okay, I'm going to do what you did earlier. And I, I, no, you know this you, you know I, this because I, 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 of all the NFL teams that you've played on. No, but it's... <coughs> just kidding. Can, I'm just kidding. You know what? 
Um, uh, see, and that wasn't even what I thought that where you, I thought you were going with that. I thought you were going to say, well, how do you know these guys can't do that if you don't give them a chance? That is also true. You did so, say that earlier. Um, but anyways, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. I think with as far as Deshaun Kaiser goes, you can give this guy a chance. If that's not working out, just cut him. Logan Woodside, I think, is going to perfectly fit in as a backup. He knows the system. He's not somebody that you're going to bring in, let him learn it, any of that stuff. I don't see backup quarterback as an issue, but I'm not going to say that anyone is stupid or that it's a bad take if they do think that the Titans need a backup quarterback because I was in that situation last offseason. Right, and you know, I'm willing to sit back. Hopefully everyone's going to the comments and letting us know their take on this. Let us know your opinion and why you think, hey, we do need this. We need a better backup quarterback. You know, back it up with something. Let us know. Give your give us your reasoning because we're willing to listen about it because, honestly, I think either way, we're fine with whatever the Titans decide to do for their backup quarterback. Yeah, I agree. And uh, for me, that's all that I've got to talk about for this episode. I don't know if you got anything else you want to throw in. I I don't think I have anything else. Just, you know, hoping that we get to see those Oilers uniforms in 2022. That's all that I've got. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up.